grace and mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today comes from James chapter 2. James says, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. This is the text. Dear friends in Christ, I have been through Canadian Armed Forces basic training on three separate occasions, once as a reserve private, once as a regular force private, and once as an officer. And there is one thing that never changes about training, basic training in the Canadian Armed Forces, and it is the inspections. As a member of the Canadian Armed Forces, when you first start training, you are a mess. Your beret looks funny, your boots are not polished right, your bed is not crisp and tight, and as you stand in front of your bunk, your instructor will come into your area and blast you with shouts and epithets, tossing your bed upside down after you spent an hour trying to make it right, tying your dress shirts in knots after you spent an hour ironing them, telling you your uniform looks like you slept in it. The instructor will ask if you want to join the French Foreign Legion with the beret that you're wearing looking as goofy as it does. And slowly, ever so slowly, do you improve. And soon, your bed is tighter, your boots are shinier, your uniform is straighter. So your instructors move on to your socks, your underwear, and your windowsills. They criticize the dust bunny on top of your locker and the tiniest of infractions that their scrutinizing eyes discover they announce unto you. But in time, that improves too. Then one day, one day those famous words come when you announce yourself and the instructor moves through your area and leaves without a smirk or a smile and says simply, pass inspection. You work up to that moment and you are so proud and so thankful for those words Pass inspection. Dear friends, God is not like that. He is not like that instructor because God does not give second chances to pass inspection. If the Lord of life were to pass through your life right now, he would not say, well, your marriage is pretty good and you sometimes love your neighbor as yourself. You are at 70% or so for attending church and you paid your taxes this year, so that's good. When God called you as his own dear child, he did not put you in his family to infuse you with some of his grace so that you could do better at keeping his law. 501 years ago, when Martin Luther nailed the 95 theses to that church door in Wittenberg, this was the prevailing understanding about God's grace, that God infused you with it or filled you with it so that you could do better, earn favor, merit God's acceptance into his kingdom. The Christians in Luther's time were inundated with the teaching that justification or getting right with God was a process that you may not pass inspection the first time, but with enough time, with enough discipline, enough of God's grace, you could please God and merit God's love. And that takes us to the text from James for today. James seems to give us some hope 
under God's law when he says, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. Tricked by our own sinful nature, many of us want to say, you are right, James, we are doing okay, or at the very least, I'm giving it my best try. But then upon closer inspection of the words of James, he continues, but if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as a transgressor. Now maybe you're thinking, you can slip out from under that one because other than that one baptism that we had with all those scantily clad women who attended, we really haven't had a whole lot of people come into the church that are dressed funny to show partiality too. But then, then James drops this. For whoever keeps the whole of the law but fails at one point becomes accountable for all of it. Let me be very clear about what James is saying here. He's saying if you break God's law once, just one point of it, in thought or in word or in deed, you have broken the whole of it, every point of it, and you become guilty of breaking God's law and ever remain so. God says of himself, be holy as I am holy. Jesus says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Paul tells us there is no one righteous, no, not one for all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And James says today, if you break one point of the law, you have broken it all. I was listening to a podcast recently of a person, a Christian pastor, who went out and asked other Christians this particular time at a lay conference this question. He said, are you saved by faith, by works, or by both? Overwhelmingly, the response was, guesses, both. So this interviewer, not deterred, went to a pastoral conference and asked the same question, are you saved by faith or by works or by both? And overwhelmingly, the responses was, guesses, both. One interviewee went so far as to say, well, if I could answer that, I'd write a book about it. But let's throw Paul and James in the same ring, he said, and let them duke it out. Okay. So in today's lesson, we have passages that seem to give rise to the answer that both faith and works save. James says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead, so James says. If faith must have works to save me, and my works must be perfect, for James says, if you fail at one point, you become accountable for all of it, one time for all time, then there is no hope for me. For if my works are not perfect, and if my faith must be combined with works to save, you and I and all mankind will not be saved. Dear friends, no amount of theological gymnastics could save you in the face of James' words. But James is not talking about being justified in the sight of God before God. He is talking about how the church, how the Christian, looks in the sight of men. If someone comes to us and is dressed well and we show partiality to them over the shabbily dressed person, that poor person will never come back and will not hear the good news of Jesus Christ. If we don't show forgiveness amongst ourselves, it will be hard for those who hear us preach of the forgiveness of Christ 
to believe it. James is saying that faith is active in loving one's neighbor. Luther said this of faith. Oh, this faith is a living, busy, active, powerful thing. It is impossible that it should not ceaselessly be doing that which is good. It doesn't even ask whether good works should be done, but before the question can be asked, it has done them. And it is constantly engaged in doing them. As broken and as failing as our works may be in Christ, we are loving our neighbor. Dear friends, Paul and James need not duke it out because they say the same thing, that you are saved by God's grace and God's grace alone. As Paul says, but now a righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. And again, Paul says, and to the one who does not work, but trust him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord will not count his sin. The gift of faith that God has given you claims the work of Christ. Yes, without faith, works, with faith without works is dead, but there is no such thing. For the God that has given you faith has given you faith that lays hold of the work of Christ Jesus. Because Christ died on the cross for you and rose from the tomb for you, everything, everything that Christ has done is given to you. The question should never be, what would Jesus do? The question should be, what did Jesus do? Jesus came in the flesh and shared our humanity, lived perfectly under God's law, keeping it for you, carried the cross bearing your sins, died with those sins in his body for you, was forsaken by the Father for you, rose from the grave for you, and ascended into the heaven to sit at the right hand of God the Father as an advocate for you. You are not just forgiven, but because of Christ, the Father looks at you as if you had kept the law perfectly yourself. Justification, being right with God, is not a process, but a moment in time when, bang, you were saved. Whether it was when the water hit your head and the name of God was placed upon you, or you read the word of God or heard the good news of the gospel that Christ died for the sins of the world, yours and mine. And there is not a damnable thing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. When judgment day comes, be that today or tomorrow, or if God recalls you from the grave, upon inspection, all God the Father sees in you is God the Son. God declares you forgiven, perfect, redeemed, and all this I know through Scripture alone, by God's grace alone, claimed by faith alone, given by God alone in His work alone, dear friends, and only one guy alone gets the glory. To God alone be the glory. And now those precious words that you will hear, not just because it's good to be at the end of a sermon, but because Christ said them on the cross for your sake. It is finished. Amen. And now let us pray. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.
Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.